Hello, hello, my beautiful entrepreneurial friends and listeners. Welcome to the Recovering Entrepreneur Show, where we live, play, and grow. I just love the way that rhymes. I have no problem telling you that. I am Bobby the Awesome, and I welcome you to to our show where I try to share my learnings, my successes, my fails, failures, whatever you want to call them. They're not really failures. They're learning opportunities (laughs) if we have our mindset right, as well as brag about and flaunt some of my entrepreneur friends that I've met this last year. And, and maybe some I haven't met, but we're in the same classes or, or working towards the same things, but sharing all their wisdom as well as what they can offer and what they're doing to serve the world and to make it a better place. So I am honored to have the opportunity to do that. I'm honored to get to know these people more in depth. And I'll tell you, I am, I'm enjoying the show. Honestly, I am... We haven't even launched, but at the time I'm recording this, we only have about four or five like pre-launch episodes out there. But tomorrow is the release of our first guest. And you're going to hear this probably, I don't know, June, (laughs) but we release in January. But it's important to me that I get on here and check in with you pretty regularly so I could tell you what's going on or what it may seem like isn't going on. So a couple of the things that are on my mind today are it's it's a Sunday and after after I guess my last quarterly meeting with my team and then I had another te- team meeting uh, I don't know a couple weeks ago right before the holidays and I was really struggling I thought my communication wasn't working um, there was some things that just weren't happening and I needed to look at it as an opportunity to figure out what was broken and how to make it better. And especially because this is my business, right? I need to make sure that I can help other entrepreneurs navigate these these times where it feels like sometimes we're stuck. And one of the biggest burdens I've been carrying is I can't keep up with my VA team sometimes because I think I have, I think I'm up to like nine. And So I owe nine people work, (laughs) essentially, to keep things going, and sometimes I can't keep up. So I didn't know if that was the problem or communication was a problem, whatever. At any rate, I got my team together, and here's one of the learnings from from that. I, I remember very clearly, it was like a Thursday... Thursday that I decided to call a mandatory meeting because I was frustrated and some things were happening and not happening and I needed the team's input. Now in my corporate life, if we would call this, let's say it was a, a problem and it was in my mind, it was important in the moment because I wanted to make sure we kicked off the year right, especially with the show launching. I wanted to make sure the ducks were in a row, all that good stuff. And I knew the holidays were coming and I wanted to be really clear on my expectations. So it was great that we had this meeting. Now, in corporate America, they would sugarcoat kind of, it's almost like a passive aggressive leadership. Like they would make it sound, make it, I don't know how to explain this, but almost where you knew there was a problem, it was like a come to Jesus. Sometimes it was 
all in a where it got the whole floor in a bad mood. Like I keep thinking of it in terms of inventory. If we had a bad margin and and our department was always an outlier, it would seem like if everybody else had a good margin, we were bad or vice versa. But when it was everybody had a bad one or the majority of the departments had a bad one, like the when it was everybody had a bad one except for us, and by bad one I mean it didn't hit budget or projection or whatever, we couldn't even celebrate it because all the big departments were in the tank and it wasn't a win. So we had to minimize our success on on those months. And then it worked the opposite way too, I'll be honest. If the other departments all did good and we did bad, we didn't have to do as much digging and jumping through hoops as as if all the departments were bad. But if all the departments were bad, we would get kind of almost like scolded politely, professionally, and have to go back and try to find money and jump through all these hoops. And and basically, we were revisiting the past. And the approach just would make it so that for the whole rest of that week, we'd get the results on Tuesday. And you just couldn't wait for that week to be over because you would think that there was a funeral on the floor. It was miserable. And instead of them thinking about what would happen into the next period or maybe, you know, I don't know. It just, it felt like we were going backwards and chasing things and it didn't seem like a good use of our time because every time we went backwards, we weren't moving forwards to make results in the future better. We were chasing our tails and and this boss wanted this report and blah, blah, blah. So I want to be not like that, right? And when things aren't going well, I don't want to make it so my team feels like there's a death on the, you know, in the department, which is, like I said, what I felt like when I'd go through this cycle. So... On Thursday night, when I talked to Anna about it, I was like, Anna's where I can, she's my safe space. And she's <laughs> she's so amazing and so patient and so chill all the time. But if I'm going to rant and I'm going to curse and I'm going to be like, I'm frustrated, F this, I'm going to do it to Anna, not at Anna, but to Anna. Um, and... She's just always, she listens to me. She's so respectful and so beautiful. I freaking love it. But anyway, so she gets the icky version of Bobby, like the Dr. Jekyll version. But I slept on it, and I didn't want to show up for my team that way. I didn't want them to feel like like the world was falling or whatever. It was I was just at this this frustrated place. And it was frustration because I didn't feel like I was doing a good job. And it was more at me than my team. And I imagine as entrepreneurs, you probably get frustrated with yourself as well, especially if you're trying to do everything yourself, if things aren't going the right way. And that's what was happening. I'll be so freaking honest. The couple weeks leading up to that, everything I touched turned to shit. I was trying to prepare for my first like formal speaking engagement in front of, you know, like something for an event that was free but had uh, VIP upgrades. And like, so there was money involved in the event. Um, I was preparing for that and I was trying to get my web ready and because the VA business was so new and we had to pivot away from all my gambling stuff on social, on my website, we had to figure out a way to bring it all together. That was one of my my biggest struggles in the fourth quarter was how do we not confuse our customers 
like they don't, why would they trust me as a business coach or as an entrepreneur with a VA business if I'm a gambling addict or if that's where my focus was? So I kind of had to shift gears. My mission is still about the gambling and raising awareness, and I'm going to talk about it every opportunity I have. And my long-term goal is about changing the laws and helping people and building halfway houses in my recovery playgrounds and all the things that I want to do are all predicated on the fact that I'm successful at earning the, the money to, to do all those things because I'm, I'm not interested in learning how to, I don't want to say manipulate, but navigate government and all the rules that, that other people dictate, the, the non-addicts that dictate the rules. So anyway, so that's the mission. So w- trying to update the web, it was... It was just obstacle after obstacle. I was trying to get the new show loaded and it was I'm using a new host for this podcast. I'm trying to compare and I want to make sure I talk about piloting. Hopefully I remember that before I lose my track, but I couldn't get the picture right and the this and and, and it was just everything I touched was just felt horrible. So <clears throat> excuse me. So I go into this meeting on that Friday and I'm like, look guys, like I'm, I don't know what, what's broken here. What, what do I need to do different? Am I not communicating well? I need your feedback. And as I'm, as I'm getting back, the part I want to share with you too is, is at this particular time, I'm just getting back from going to Aruba for a week, which I'll share with you too. But anyway, as I was getting ready to do that. And while I was away, I read uh, John Jonas's book. It's called The Outsourcing Lever. And we'll put that in the show notes. And he's the guy who runs a VA website uh, where you can go. It's kind of, it's not like Upwork and, and those ones because what he does is he has this system set up where this is the best of my understanding. He has a pool of VAs and resumes that we can go shop from. And then as entrepreneurs, we go shop and we find the best needs for our business and we hire them. That's kind of his model out of there. And he makes his money for trade. You trade money for access to contact information for the candidates that you want to hire. So it's pretty good. But in his book, he does such a great job of explaining the Filipino culture And they're not generally going to raise their hand and be like pushy Americans or, well, I can't even say that pushy Americans because not everybody, most people are afraid of the bosses as a general rule in a lot of companies. So they don't speak up even when they see it's better, which is the exact opposite of how I want my team to work. I want them to feel comfortable all the time. So when things are going good, I ask for their feedback. And when things are going bad, I ask for their feedback. So John does a lot of... um, talking in his book about how to navigate that and how to make it so that your VA doesn't run away because one of the things is that, you know, if you insult them or you're not communicating or they think they do a bad job, they don't want to disappoint you. They might be embarrassed and they leave, whatever. It's just part of the dynamic of, a, of, of the culture. So I, I didn't even know as much as I do now after reading his book, I just knew I didn't want to do that. That's not how I want to treat people. 
So we end up going around the horn and basically my team tells me to not touch anything with technology um, and that I have some opportunities with my communication style. I need to be clear. This was another learning curve. I was trying to give them freedom. I'm not a micromanager by any means, but I was hurting them and me by giving them too much freedom instead of stricter deadlines. Like if I had something that I knew wasn't an emergency or, you know, like had a super time frame, I might give them two or three weeks to get it done. But it still had to get done. And I wasn't prioritizing well or communicating how that should fit in. So like on week three, it might be lost by then. Or I'm having to go back and double check it when in my mind it was something I already addressed. It's just the way my brain works when it comes to that kind of stuff. So they gave me some clarification about how to handle deadlines. We actually collaborated on what our our discipline, not discipline, expectations. Yeah, expectations and discipline should be for the whole Workify crowd, right? Because <clears throat> there's very important things. Like we can't have a client be upset is one example. You know, we need to we need to fix it. If a client if a client is bothered by something, they need to feel comfortable to tell the VA for starters, right? Like we always start with them. And then if that doesn't work, go to the, you know, the senior VA, then to Anna, you know, like normal to make sure we get the thing solved. But if I'm hearing things about it when I'm not in the weeds of that work, if, if a client makes it to me, that's a pretty serious infraction. Like I'm grateful that my clients are telling me stuff good, bad, or indifferent. And, and 99% of the time so far it has been positive. Um, we did have one communication issue with one client. But to me, that's a serious thing. So we talked about the consequences and stuff, and their input was was valued. And we had this great meeting, and we walked away with it. All of us had healthy to-do lists. And tonight is our first, one of the things that came out of it is we're going to have bi-weekly meetings with the whole team. And it didn't, I didn't set it up that way originally because I had a lead VA who would go back and manage the work with everybody. But because the lead VA was Anna and she's my partner and I want her to be doing owner CEO things and not VA things, um, we needed to fill in the gaps. So the self-awareness is another little lesson in there. And then our strategy and our communication, those are all part of the lesson. So tonight is our first meeting as a group and I'm pretty excited about it. Because, well, because we're going to get to to catch up and I'll know exactly where I stand and exactly what I have to jump into tomorrow. And it's their Monday morning and my Sunday night when we have this meeting. So if I give them action items, it's the beginning of their shift and they could they can run away with it. So um, what happened after that, later that day, I had a... Now, here's my recovery hat coming on. I had a like two-hour phone call with one of my friends in recovery and talked about like, oh, my God, everything I touch is turning to shit and blah, 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 and, and just kind of process the mental stuff. So, again, you don't have to be in recovery to talk through your stuff or to vent. Like, it's okay to vent. It wouldn't have been right to vent to my employees in a harmful way. I mean, don't get me wrong. I definitely vented. They knew what my my issues and my concerns were, but they weren't. They didn't feel attacked, or at least I don't think they felt attacked. That was not my intention, and I'm fairly confident they didn't feel attacked. So 
you can release and blow off steam about that that stuff to the side, and that's what I ended up doing. And then there was something else that happened that Friday night. I can't remember what happened, but at any rate, after having that meeting, things started to shift. All the the speed bumps that I was running into, like with the web and all these things, once I got my head right, things started to flow a little better and things have been better since. And the next part that I wanted to share with you, I guess before I talk about, well, you know what, I'm going to talk about Aruba in a separate a separate uh, show to because I think that that's an important topic in itself. So I'll mention the pilot thing, and this is this can be applied to new programs. I think we call it beta a lot of times in this world, this entrepreneurial space, like in the techie space too. I've heard it beta. But in my retail world, my corporate America world, we call it pilots. So if we wanted to try something new, we would maybe try it in five stores instead of all hundred and whatever. And you would test it, essentially. So that's what I'm doing. I'm going back to my podcasting here. So I started out with one host who I've been happy with. I don't have any complaints. Their service is good. Their Facebook group is good. Um, I would definitely recommend them. And then I got a referral for a different podcast opportunity, a different host who has a little bit more bells and whistles. And what I noticed is my first one that I have the 321 No Kidding show on, they're really stepping up and making their system more robust and some new things have been coming along. I don't know if it's because there's more competition or they see the need. But at any rate, they're doing they're doing a good job. And I actually I don't mind I don't mind paying them at all. I think I pay them like 25 bucks a month and I pay them extra money if I go over, which I've been going over as long as I've been doing one to two extra shows a day. So at any rate, so I'm piloting this show is on a new platform and I'm piloting this show. Now, part of why I made the change is because of some of their bells and whistles, like I can I can add ads in and change them up to keep it timely so that the content's evergreen, but the ads are new because there's always new listeners. So it has a lot of opportunities, but I was also able to buy in because I don't know if it was their beta or their pilot actually, but I was able to buy in and now I'm paid for them for life. Essentially. I don't have that monthly charge, um, which geez could lead us to a whole other conversation about managing our expenses and looking for opportunities but I won't cover that today either. So at any rate, here we are. Uh, this is, I don't know, my 18th or 19th solo recording. We have five shows on there. The trouble that I was having getting the photos up and stuff was all on my end. It had nothing to do with them. But I will tell you their, their uh, response time was phenomenal. And, and the new one, the old one was Buzzsprout. I have no problem saying their names because they're both very good. Uh, the first one is Buzzsprout, and I, like I said, other than the cost, I'm happy with them. And with the Beecast, I was able to get in in an opportunity where I paid for my time for life, and I can have up to five shows here. So I did this with the in- initial plan of piloting this, piloting the Recovery Entrepreneur Show, and then if I like it long term, I can move over. I can move three, two, one over to this platform. I'm going to give it some time. I mean, there's no rush to change anything. There's nothing broken. 
But if I can do it and save myself whatever, 20 times 12, 300 bucks a year, I mean, for entrepreneurs, that's a lot of money, right? So piloting is just important. It teaches us things. And it's still too early for me to tell you a lot. I can tell you that I did look at the analytics. So the show's been live since I think the 31st or maybe a little earlier. I'm recording this on January 3rd. So the shows have been out there because, you know, you have to push them just for the three or four days. And I've already had 70 downloads. And I love that I could see that and I could see it by day. I haven't sorted out how to figure it out by country like I can with 321. Um, but it's it's learning. And and we'll see what what works. And who knows? If I start a third, fourth, or fifth podcast, maybe they'll land on Bcast because it's already paid for. Maybe I'll decide to move. But but the moral of the story is to try the new things, to to test the new things. Like it's good to want new things. Like in hindsight, I um I work with Kartra, and again, I'm happy with Kartra so far. My business is a little different. This is for web hosting and a lot of other things. So my business is different because I have clients paying me and then I have payroll to my team. So I need some things that aren't maybe necessarily in Kartra, but most entrepreneurs are selling classes, either online courses or masterminds or things like that, and Kartra serves all of that. However, what I'm learning is, whether it's the buzz in the community or what's hot right now, a lot of people are going to Kajabi. So from an affiliate standpoint, I probably should have I probably should have went to Kajabi and, and who knows, maybe I'll buy it just to have it for affiliate because so many so many people are using it. Or maybe I'll try to, you know, let people know that Kartra does do a lot of cool things. It doesn't really matter. It's what people want to do. I don't really care. It's whatever works for their business. Um, but at any rate, these places usually give a couple free weeks. I, I encourage you to pilot or try or test whatever it is that you're looking at doing. Because, you know, we moved, we have, all, I paid for all the work to get everything off of WordPress into Kartra, for example. And again, the VA business was kind of a surprise. So I don't feel bad about my decisions because uh, I was doing them setting up for three, two, one and for the long term. But at any rate, um, when there's a free trial, test it out, guys. Pilot it. Give it a chance. Maybe it'll work. Maybe it won't. Maybe it serves you. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe it's easy to use. Maybe it's not. Same thing with your programs. If you're coaching, if you're teaching, if you're creating a mastermind, um, a lot of times and a lot of the way I've been taught is if we are doing a beta or a pilot, we offer a really, really tremendous, great deal value selling it. And that way, we can get the feedback from our clients on the goods, the bads, the uglies in those original betas or pilots. You don't want to go out charging 25 grand for a program that you don't even know if, it's, if it hits what, what your ideal client needs. So just food for thought. I recommend pilots. I recommend testing I recommend communicating in your groups so that you can get other people's insight as well. Don't do that too much because sometimes it's a little overwhelming and you don't know where. It's hard to make a decision because half the people will say this and half the people will say that. That's what happened with me with Karcher and Kajabi, for example. And it could happen with podcast platforms. So 
those are my thoughts for today. It's good to be back with you. I hope that uh, my next show, my next show, I guess, will have to be Aruba. I'll have to catch up on that. I'm not trying to leave you in suspense. It's just that I know that I'll go down a rabbit hole <laughs> because it's uh, a lot of good things that came out of my trip last week. So that's what I got for you guys today. I hope this was helpful, and I will talk to you soon. Thanks. Thanks.